This is a UC Public Policy Channel program from the Goldman School of Public Policy at UC Berkeley. Visit us at www.uctv.tv/public-policy for more discussion on solutions for the good of all. Rob, it's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming to the living room and and uh, want to talk about how you got here and what you've been doing. So you were in Nebraska and working for the mayor's office. And what were you doing there? I was. I did a, a stint with the AmeriCorps VISTA program there for a year. Uh, that's actually why I moved there in the first place. I went there to go work uh, with neighborhood associations. And I was originally hired to work with neighborhood associations on their uh, social media and a mapping project. But three months into my time there, the major nonprofit that served the neighborhood associations in the city that I was placed at closed overnight. Wow. So I was left. What as, happened? It was it was a lot of very strange internal politics, and um, mainly, yeah, I can get into the details, no, but it's no, a long no, story. Just, but, but bad <laughs> but, things happen. But the okay. important the important thing is that it got closed, yeah. and I was left as the only person in Omaha working full time with neighborhood associations. Wow! And there are 190 neighborhood associations there. So then, from the frying pan into the fire, you you joined up with Planned Parenthood at that point. Yeah, yeah. I worked um, right after my Vista term. I got into public health, and I worked for a substance abuse nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And then this position opened up at Planned Parenthood, working as their regional organizer mm-hmm. for the whole state of Nebraska. And it was a fantastic opportunity. I got to organize around elections, um, do some lobbying, um, work, uh, organize people for uh, like public policy issues. And we touched on everything from local school boards trying to get sex education reformed at the local level, all the way up to um, trying to hold off legislation that could have potentially closed clinics in the state of Nebraska. So why is sex education, let's start, you know, sort of build on this. So start with sex education. Why is that important to have that in the schools? Well, it's important because, well, one, it's very important for people to have all of the information that they can to be healthy. Just talking about young people here. Young people and young people are going to end up being older people at some point. So a lot of people think like, oh, we shouldn't be teaching kids about, you know, sex. This isn't something that they should be learning about. Well, they're going to end up being adults at some point. And if they're not learning this through the educational system and a certain, a large percentage of them aren't going to be going to college at all, this might be their only opportunity to get any sexual health education. What do we know about sex education? Does it, I mean, there are some people who would claim that makes children young people promiscuous, and there's others who might say, well, no, it gives them the information so that they can avoid unwanted pregnancies. What, what do you think is the, the bottom line there? Well, this was a really cool opportunity for me early on to learn about some things that would be touched on at Goldman later, okay. which is there are a number of randomized controlled trials that have happened with sex education programs where they've randomly put people in sex education or an abstinence-only program or no program at all. They've found out that people who have comprehensive sex education where they're talking about different types of birth control, um, talking about what all options are on the table, those people initiate sex at a later date in their life. And so they don't become promiscuous. To the contrary, they become, are more likely to remain abstinent. If you want kids to have sex less, you should be teaching them comprehensive sex education. Okay. okay. Yeah, so STI rates and teenage pregnancies also. So sexually lower. transmitted diseases yes. at lower rates and so forth. Okay. Yeah, and this is like a big part of trying to break the cycle of poverty is that 
when you have larger families and people don't have any control over their fertility when they can't decide when to have a child, when they don't know how to because they don't know where to get condoms or where to get other um, you know, preventative um, you know, contraceptive services, then they're going to have more kids and they won't be able to prepare for them at a young age and they won't be able to raise them to, to be able to get out of poverty at an older age. So there's a direct line from having successful sex education programs in the schools to reducing poverty and making the lives of uh, people who otherwise might be very poor and very unhappy uh, better. Absolutely. Wow. That's, that's quite a story. Yeah. So that's, that's the sex education part. But Planned Parenthood does more than that. It provides contraception services and so forth. So t- tell me about that. What, what's that. What's the story in Nebraska about that? Is there opposition to that, or is there support for it? Or? Well, um, as, as you know, um, and it's been publicized a lot, Planned Parenthood provides sex education services, but also contraceptives, STD testing, um, abortion services. There's a range of different services that Planned Parenthood provides. And Planned Parenthood has two clinics in the state of Nebraska. Two. And yeah, one in Omaha, Nebraska, and one in Lincoln, which are the two largest cities. But if you live in North Platte, Nebraska, you are 200 miles from your closest clinic to get a safe and legal abortion. And that's on one side, Lincoln, 200 miles to the east, and on the other side, um, Fort Collins, Colorado, mm-hmm. 200 miles to the west. And we, all, we know that when abortion isn't safe and legal, that often it can be unsafe. So um, in the state of Nebraska, Planned Parenthood has been under assault at times. Nebraska was the first state to pass a 20-week ban on abortion, and that was in 2010. Um, but also Planned Parenthood has been very supported by the public. Um, the polling that we've had most recently, about three years ago, had Planned Parenthood at about a... Uh, it's about a 60% approval rating amongst the people of Nebraska. In Nebraska? Yes. Most people have a very positive um, reception, I mean, perception of Planned Parenthood. There's a vocal minority that doesn't. But mm-hmm. people understand that a place like Planned Parenthood is often the only health care services that people who are in poverty get. Uh-huh. About half the people who go to Planned Parenthood in Nebraska are under the poverty level. And for many people, that's the only health care provider that they're seeing all now, year. Now, is that just health care regarding reproductive issues, or is it broader than that? That's, um, that's a lot of people getting their annual exams. That's yeah, like at the, Planned Parenthood? Yeah. Yeah, Planned Parenthood is where a lot of women go to get their annual exams, and that's the, their opportunity to see a doctor. And, um, you know, and then they might get referred for other reasons. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. So, in effect, it's really primary health care for a substantial number of, of women. Wow. Yeah, because Planned Parenthood uses a sliding scale, it ends up being the fallback measure for a lot of people who you know, can't be able to buy health care in other places. Mm-hmm. And because Nebraska hasn't expanded Medicaid, a lot of people who are low income don't have health insurance still. So let's be. just back up. So that they haven't expanded Medicaid, by which you mean that with Obama health care, the offer was made to the states that they could expand Medicaid to help poorer people and increase the number of people who were covered. But Nebraska was one of those states that decided not to do that. Yeah, Nebraska had the chance to, um, to have 100% of Medicaid covered for, these, for this new expansion for three years, and they've turned it down the past three years so, so far. So that makes Planned Parenthood even more important. It's, it's not like the new Obama health care system is taking up uh, the gap. Yeah, okay. and it's really tough because Nebraska has had a lot of 
like this because of the unicameral nonpartisan legislature, mm-hmm. there have been a lot of senators who have been real advocates for the poor and have done a lot of good things. But this issue has just become so murked in politics that even an extremely nonpartisan state like Nebraska can't pass it. Right. And you remind me that Nebraska is unique among American states in that it just has only one legislative chamber, which is called the Senate, I take it? Yeah, yeah the, the unicameral legislature is what it's known as in the state. Is the Senate, yeah. So uh, it was a progressive era, I think, uh, change and supposed to make it more uh, progressive in terms of its policies and so forth. So why did you come to GSPP? Well, I came to GSPP because I... Uh, ultimately wanted to learn more. I'm trying to get back to Ohio at some point. Um, that's where you I'm, grew up, was Ohio. Yeah, that's where, that's where I grew up. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been enjoying California. It's been such an awesome experience to see, like, something very, very different from Nebraska right. or yeah. Ohio. Um, but I felt like I needed to understand more of the, like, the, the, the science behind how you look at a policy and how you evaluate it and um, to find out how to put forth the best policies to be able to um, impact poverty in a real way in right. the United States. Well, it's great to have you here at the Goldman School. It does sound like you've learned some things, and I Absolutely. hope you'll learn even more, and it certainly sounds like you're doing extraordinary things with your life. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much.